0: Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, Father, for everybody here and everybody watching. Lord, we treasure and appreciate your presence. Thank you for everything that you've already done, and Lord, I thank you that you continue and you touch hearts. Father, anoint my lips to speak your word and anoint every ear to hear what you are saying, every heart to receive and understand what you are revealing to them. We thank you, Lord, that your word is quick and sharp and alive and powerful. And thank you that it pierces down into the heart. And thank you, Lord, that we can walk in your in the revelation of your word, in the understanding of your word, conformed to your word, changed by your word, growing by your word, producing good fruit through your word, and we praise you and give you all the honor, all the praise, for you are mighty, and we bless you today in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. When Pastor Rodney kind of just asked me last night at about midnight. <laughs> just, you know, so we were going to tag team, but I guess I'll, I'll, just, I'll just start it and we'll see how we go. Um, the thing that dropped in my heart was when Jesus was 12 years old, Luke chapter 2. And verse forty, and it said, When they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. When they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to had been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance, and when they found him not, they turned back to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. That was the the doctors of the law. And all that heard were astonished at his understanding and answers, and when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, Why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist you not, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spoke to them. But he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. She kept all of these things in her heart. They didn't understand fully what he was saying, but they didn't contradict him. They didn't argue with him. They kept it in their heart. Why? Because she had already had... Let, let me let me run back to Luke chapter 1 and the supernatural encounter that she had with the angel. Verse 27 of Luke 1, it says... to. Her, Well, actually, let me go back to 26. Now, in the sixth month after that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth to a girl, I'm reading the Amplified, never being married and a virgin, engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So if your Bible only says to a young girl, she wasn't just a young girl, she was a virgin. Amen. There's a difference between just a girl and a virgin. So if your Bible just says girl and doesn't say virgin, throw it out and get another virgin another version version that actually puts the right word in there. Amen. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, endued with grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed and favored are you before all other women. Mary was not sinless. She was a regular person like you and me, but she had a heart for the Lord. Amen. She had a heart after God, When she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said and kept revolving in her mind what such a greeting might mean. I think you would also be surprised if an angel showed up with with a message for you. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found grace with God. And listen, you'll become pregnant You'll give birth to a son. You'll call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be imminent. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages. And of his reign, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I have no intimacy with any man as a husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, and sinless thing The offspring which shall be born of you will be called the Son of God. Now, if we look back in Genesis, when uh, God said to the devil, he said, the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. And the devil, and, and you will bruise his heel. And the devil had been looking for that seed all through the generations. And he had tried to kill everyone that he thought might be the one. But here, here is the one. This is the one that's going to bruise the head of the devil. And the devil was going to bruise his heel, meaning the crucifixion. So the, the devil was behind the crucifixion, but really God fooled him into it. Because God was in control of everything from the beginning. Because Jesus was crucified, the Bible says, before the foundation of the earth. And so this is the seed. The the son of David, the the. Descendant of David that was promised, all of those promises that were given to David about the seed were specifically speaking about Jesus. Even with Abraham, Abraham's seed, it wasn't just Isaac, it was Jesus. Everything pointed down to Jesus. And listen, you're, you're... your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. It's the sixth month with her which was called barren. For with God nothing is ever impossible. Now in the in the King James it says, For God with God nothing shall be impossible. But in the Amplified, it amplifies that this is awesome. It says, For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. I want you to say that with me. For with God Nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Hallelujah. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the King James, I like the way it says better actually, she says, let it be according to me, according to thy word. And the angel departed from her because the word the angel spoke was not the angel's word, but it was the word of God. So she was saying, let it be unto me according to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't think she understood everything. We don't have to understand everything to be obedient. When the Lord speaks a word to us, we just need to trust Him. It might not make sense at the time. We may not understand it, but we have to trust His word. God's word is impossible of not being fulfilled. The only thing that can stop God's word in your life is your unbelief. As far as God's concerned, the Bible says that God sends His word out and it does not return to Him void but it comes back to him having accomplished the plan and the purpose that he sent it out for. So God sends his word out. How did he create the entire universe? God spoke, he said, let there be, and there was. Amen. That's how the Lord functions, and that's how we function. We speak, our words are powerful. The Bible says that we will be judged by the words that come out of our mouth. The Bible says we will eat the fruit of what comes out of our mouth. And so we have to guard our lips, and we have to guard our mouth, and we have to train ourselves to believe the Word of God and to speak the Word of God and not to speak the doubt and not to speak the unbelief and not to speak the fear and not to speak the negativity and not to speak because, see, you when you're speaking doubt and unbelief and negativity and doom and gloom and Everything that's in the negative, you're speaking the devil's plan over your life, and over your family, and over your marriage, and over your finances, and over your children. Amen. And so we need to make a decision not to agree with the devil on anything. There's only one thing that the devil and, and we should agree on is that we hate him and he hates us. And we don't belong to him. Amen. We are, we, we are, he is not our father, God is our father, and we are in the process of taking all his kids away from him and handing them into the hands of the Lord. Amen, hallelujah. Because the, the, the sinners out there, their father might be the devil right now, but we're gonna cheat the devil and put them in our family and put them in God's family, amen, hallelujah. And our children are not gonna end up in the devil's family, but they're gonna, they're gonna remain and always and forever and eternity be in God's family if we have anything to do with it. Amen. Hallelujah. So Elizabeth, I mean Mary, she said, let it be done to me according to the word of the Lord. She accepted God's will for her life. She didn't think about what it meant for her Um, she just accepted God's will and she let God take care of the details. She didn't think about, what are people going to think of me? Which is what happened. I mean, she was found out to be pregnant and her husband-to-be almost put her away. That means he almost didn't marry her. They were betrothed to be married. In other words, that was a very firm engagement and it could not be broken. And at a future time, they would be married. And so... An angel. He had a dream, and and God spoke to him and said, "Look, don't, don't abandon her, because." And spoke to him also the word. So he also knew. Both of them were in agreement, and they knew about this promise. And maybe again, they did not maybe understand, but they knew about this promise, baby, that he was very, 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 very special. Now, her cousin Elizabeth and Zacharias they'd had a prophecy, well, a word from an angel as well about. About John that would be also a special an anointed prophet but John's function was to prepare the way of the Lord to go before and to announce that he was coming amen and to be a witness of his coming but this baby was special because this baby was the one and then the Bible says that one when they got they got married and then Joseph did not know her. In other words, he was not intimate with her until after the baby Jesus was born, after her time of purification. And then after that, they had a whole bunch of children the natural way. Amen. So Mary wasn't sinless. She was regular. And yes, she had other children. And yes, Jesus had brethren, probably sister as well. He had family, amen, that were his, his blood family through his mom. Amen. So then it's it's actually one of my favorite passages in the Bible, too, is when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and she prophesies. The power of God hits her in verse 46. She said, My soul magnifies and extols the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked upon the low station and humiliation of his handmaiden. For behold, from now on, all generations and all ages will call me blessed and declare me happy and to be envied. For he who is almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, to be venerated in his purity, majesty, and glory. She gave all the glory to the Lord, which, who, and he is the only one that deserves. And in our life, however the Lord anoints us, however he uses us, whatever he does with us, he needs to get the glory in every area of our life. And we need to give Him that honor and glory. Amen. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people, and I've seen it in families, and especially when, um, you know, somebody struggled to have children and then they finally had one. And, you know, I, I, there, was, there was one young man. He, uh, no doubt the hand of God was on him. He was called to ministry. But... His mom so doted on him, because I think she had lost a number of children before she had him. And so they would always tell him what a great man he, and a great minister he was going to be, and they puffed him up. And you know what And I think the pressure got too much for him, and he never, ever fulfilled the plan of God for his life. Because it's not about who we are. It's not about who our kids are. It's not, not about puffing them up. You might see the hand of the Lord on your child. The Lord might have given you a word about him, but it's not about them any more than it is about you, but it's about mighty God. Hallelujah. It's about God, our Savior. Who who are we? Who are we? That He should look upon us and that He should call us and that He should use us in a mighty way for His plan and His purpose. But thank God He does. And it's not because of us, but it's because of Him. Our job is just to say, Lord, let it be unto us according to your word let it be according I submit to your word I submit to your will I submit to your plan for my life just use me and then we should always always give God the glory hallelujah and so she goes on and, and prophesies for he who is almighty has done great things for me Holy is his name, and his mercy, compassion, and kindness toward the miserable and afflicted is on those who fear him with godly reverence from generation to generation, age to age. He has shown strength and made might with his arm. He has scattered the proud and haughty, and by the imagination and purpose and designs of their hearts, he had... He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. He has filled and satisfied the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty handed without a gift. And he has laid hold on his servant Israel to help him to espouse his cause in remembrance of his mercy mercy, even as he promised our forefathers to Abraham and his descendants forever. The highest calling. You there's many gifts and talents that the Lord has put in each and every one of us, men and women. But today we speak to the ladies. Primarily since it's Mother's Day. But God has put giftings and callings and abilities on you. And you're needed to fulfill whatever the Lord has fulfilled for you. And perhaps you're in ministry. Perhaps you are in business. But your highest call is to be a mom. Amen. And if you you are blessed enough to be made a mom. That is your highest call. And that is your highest priority. And you are raising little people who are little souls. Little spirits, precious to the Lord, with their own calling on their life. And we have a mighty responsibility to raise up a godly generation. In fact, in the Old Testament, Malachi, when God speaks to the men and he tells them, he rebukes them for treating their wives badly, and he says, I've called you together, I've put you together, husband and wife, for the purpose of producing godly offspring, not ungodly offspring not the scourge of the earth, not criminals, not rebellion, rebellious, a bunch of rebellious people, but people, godly seed that God will raise up to serve him, hallelujah. And that's the word that the Lord says to us when Pastor Rodney gave us the 10 year plan. Build houses, live in them, build businesses, get married, have children, live your life. We can't live by what we see out there. We can't, we can't be fearful because of what we see that's happening out in the world. We have to stand. We are the light on the world of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And we need to raise our children up and love them and nurture them. Amen. And guide them and instruct them and spank them when necessary. But love them and raise them to serve the Lord. And show them how good God is and how much He loves them. Amen. You know, so many people make the mistake of religion just destroys people's relationship with the Lord because it's like once saved, always saved, but God God kills, steals, and destroys. Who wants to have a relationship with that God? But we need to raise our children to know God loves them with an intense and everlasting love. But if they're not going to serve Him, it's not going to be well with them. And that's what we're doing when we train our kids to obey us and to respect us and we carry ourselves in such a way that they can respect us. Amen. We're, we're teaching them how to follow the Lord and obey Him and fulfill His plan and purpose for their life. Amen. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 2, when they... When the days of her purification, verse 22 says, Luke 2, 22, was done, according to the law of Moses, was done, they, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And then in verse 25, it says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel, and Joseph and his mother. Marveled at those things which were spoken of him, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own heart, soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So here, an angels appeared to her, spoken to her. She's had the child, even as the angel said. She um, now they're presenting him before the Lord. And he's telling her, a sword is going to pierce through your heart. Well, that's not good news. But she just kept these things in her heart. She kept them in her heart. She did not know God's full plan, but she kept it in her heart. And she kept going, and she kept honoring God. She raised Him right. And then, uh, you know, one of the things that you have to realize is that when you have a child to raise... You cannot live your life through your child. Amen? You cannot live your life through your child. And a lot of people want to live their life through their child. They see themselves in the kid, they invest everything in the kid as if it's their life. It's not your life. It's a little individual, separate and unique. The same way that when it's in your womb, it ain't your body. It's a separate body of a separate little soul that God breathed life into. And it's alive on the inside of you at the moment of conception. Amen. It's not your body, and it's not your choice to murder or let live. That is not your choice. When my child, our second, child kelly was born with cystic fibrosis they told me abortion is illegal in south africa but if if you have another pregnancy we can do a test and if it has cf you have the option to abort and uh, i said to the doctor absolutely not absolutely not that's not my choice that is not my choice i will have the baby and there's no way i'm aborting that baby that baby will live and it'll live as long as we can keep it alive, but that baby belongs to the Lord, and we're going to give it a chance no matter what. And he said to me, well, don't even do the test because they stick a needle through your stomach. And he said, don't even do the test then. So when I was pregnant with him, and they came and they tried to force me and, and guilt me because I wasn't doing the test. I, I, well, yeah, I see you haven't done the test. I said... Oh, he said, I see you refuse the test. I said, no, I refuse the abortion. Therefore, the test is not necessary. And he left me alone. I don't know what he wrote in the notes, but they never asked me that again. Amen. Because there was another lady at the same time as me and they kept badgering her, but obviously she didn't tell them, you know, what I did. And I, I didn't always stick up for myself, but boy, that was something I was going to... You are not backing me down off of that. That is not... It is... Anyway, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't swap Kelly for anything in the world. Amen. And she had, she had an opportunity to live, and she lived until she died. And she blessed our life, and she's still blessing us. Amen. And we'll see her soon. So we cannot live our life through our children. When our children do something wrong, we need to let them deal with the consequences. If you keep rescuing your child from their consequences from the time that they're born, they'll never take responsibility for their own life and you're not doing them a favor. If you keep on saving them from themselves, they need to bear the consequences. If you buy them a toy and they break it, do not buy them another one. Amen or owe me. They break it, they lose it, because they need to learn when they're little. Otherwise, when they're older, you'll be bailing them out of jail. You'll be funding them while they live on drugs and steal your stuff. At some point, you need to understand they are a unique individual, they are responsible. The Bible says even a child knows the difference between right or wrong. Even a child is known by his doings, right or wrong. So when they say a 10-year-old murdered a 4-year-old, they don't know what they were doing, they knew exactly what they were doing. Perhaps they did not understand the punishment or the consequences, but they knew what they were doing. They knew it was wrong. You think back to when you were 2 and 3 and 4 years old. You did something wrong. I'm sure you can think about it. Pastor Rodney always talks about stealing cookies out the cookie jar. I broke my mother's... It was will. It was... They, they, I broke her her bottle of oil of Olay. And I, I, I denied it, and so they spanked my brother. I did apologize to him. I think I was three. And I felt bad about it forever. <laughs> but I did repent of it. But I was three. I knew. I mean, I didn't mean to break it. I was just opening the lid and smelling it and touching it, and I dropped it. So, but I, so I knew it was wrong, and I tried to cover it up, like like uh, <laughs> like like Adam tried to cover himself up. Anyways, so so kids know. So we can't we can't live our life through them. We have to understand they're separate and in, separate little individuals, and we need to encourage them in their walk with the Lord as they grow in Him. And we need to be patient with them. And don't ever say to your child, well, you should know. No, they don't know. They don't know. They're just little kids. You need to teach them. You need to instruct them. Once you've instructed them, once you've told them, once you've explained to them, yeah, then they should know. But keep on teaching. Keep on sowing good seeds. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap. Amen. Keep sowing good seeds into your kids. In due season you will see the harvest. And you know It keeps on coming. And the older they get and when they have their own children, the blessings keep coming and the harvest keeps coming of whatever you sowed into them. Amen. So be encouraged. So encourage your, your children to find and follow God's plan. Encourage them to find what the will of God is for their life. You know, when we got born again, I was 17, the oldest of five kids, and um, we got saved in a brand new church. Uh, They just started in June. We got saved in September. It exploded. I mean, we got saved in a revival. And in January, they started Bible school. And my mother told my brother and I, you're going to Bible school and signed us up. So, and I'm so thankful that she did that because I may not have signed my own self up, but she signed us up and she said, you're going. And that, first of all, getting saved totally changed my life. But that year of Bible school completely changed me and my brother and uh, launched us both into full time ministry. Hallelujah. So thank God for moms. Thank God for moms. So that was that was when when Mary was saying, you know, you know, go do what Jesus says. And he's like, what? (laughs) Sometimes you need to be a mom that says, look, you're going to do this. You're going to go to Bible school. Amen. Jesus, in Matthew 12, verse 47, One said to him, Behold, your mom and your your brothers are standing outside, and they want to speak to you. And he said to them, Who is my mother, and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother, sister, and mother. So he wasn't rejecting his family, but he was making the family bigger. And he was saying, everybody who does the will of my Father, which is in heaven, is my mother, sister, and brother. brother." So we become, when we accept Jesus, we all become one in the family. So he was not disrespecting them, but... You know, the thing is that the family, more than anybody, including, and then also his the people in his own hometown, had to look beyond the Jesus, the natural Jesus that they saw, and they had to see the hand of God on him and see who he was. And not all of them recognized him. Some of them were, who is is he? We know him. We know his mom. We know his dad. We know his brothers and sisters. Who does he think he is? Well, don't ever treat somebody that way. We chose to never treat someone that way. Even if they're five or six or seven or eight or 11 years old and we see the hand of God on them, we're going to encourage them. Amen. We're going to encourage them. So let your kids dream. Don't ever don't, like, who do you think you are? Oh, you'll never do that. Don't speak things over them like, oh, our families never, never can afford that. Our family. But who cares what your family did? Your child doesn't have to repeat or, and live under the curse that you lived under growing up. Your child, you belong to the family of God. Your child is born into a blessed home. Hallelujah. You can leave all that stuff behind. You can cut it off right there. Forget those generational cursings. You are now partakers of the blessings. You are in the family of God. Hallelujah. And you are blessed and your children are blessed and they have no option but to be blessed. Hallelujah. Because you are a doer of the word of God and you teach them to be a doer of the word of God. Amen. Amen. So the same passage repeated in Luke, it says, my, "My brothers, my mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it." So, to hear the word of God and do it is doing the will of my Father. Now, Jesus didn't abandon his mom. His mom was there at the crucifixion, and his his mom and his brothers. We're going to see. Well, I'll show you now. They they continued. They saw who He was, the Son of God. And they also received Him into their heart. (laughs) But John 19 and verse 25, Now they stood by the cross of Jesus, His mother, and His mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. So His mom was there at the crucifixion, and that was... The fulfillment of that word that was spoken to her that a sword would pierce through her heart as well. That must have been the most difficult thing ever to watch this child that you gave birth to and you raised and you loved and you know who he is and you respect and you honor him and you know that he is the anointed one and the son of God to die on that cross. But she let God's will be done. Maybe she wept. I don't know. But and maybe she had a lot of pain in her heart, she still kept those things in her heart. She maybe didn't understand everything. You know, nobody knew what was going to happen at the cross, only the Father, because the Bible says that if the devil knew, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. But there were some things that God kept hidden, there were things that He revealed, enough for us to know, all the prophecies about Jesus, enough to know that, that He was doing God's will and everything that He did was God's will. But There was things they didn't know till after the cross they understood when Jesus showed them. But I want you you to go to Acts 1 and verse 14. And it's in the upper room. Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and go wait for the Holy Spirit who's going to come. And verse 14 says, And all these continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Hallelujah. So obviously, they didn't take what he said as a rebuke. They weren't insulted about, by it. In fact, Jesus said, blessed are those who don't get offended in me, because Jesus said many things that were p- offensive to the religious mind and offensive to the devil. Amen. If you get offended by the word of God, then maybe it's something that needs to be, that you need to conform your life to the word in that area. Amen. If there's something that's in the Word of God that offends you, then you know that's the area you need to work on. That's the area you need to submit to God in. That's the area you need to give to the Lord, ask Him to help you, and that's the area you need to change. And we don't change the Word to conform what, to our opinion. We change to be conformed to the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so here were the people that knew Jesus the best waiting there for the Holy Spirit to receive them. So on our children, on young people, we need to encourage them. We need to see the anointing on them. We need to not tell them how wonderful they are because it's not about them any more than it is about us, but it's about the wonderful God that can use them. And so if you do anything we did not pronounce over our kids, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. We saw the hand of God on their life. We saw those giftings and those talents that the Lord had put there. We said to them, you do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do you do and any time that they came to us with a plan that we th- were like mm, that didn't fit right with our spirit but you know they need to make their own decisions but, but we would just say to them what is the Lord so this, they were over 18 at this point what is is that what the Holy Spirit said to you and then they'd go away and change the plan because we have to do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. So as parents, we need to do every day what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. A lot of times, we, we need to, there's times we need to speak up and there's times we need to be quiet and hold things in our heart and just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Give your kids attention. Give them attention for doing the right things, not the wrong things. Because if you only give them attention when they're doing something wrong, guess what they're gonna do? They're going to make your life a living nightmare give your kids positive affirmation give them attention when they do what's right bring correction when they do what's wrong but give them good attention for doing good things and i want to say i just want to commend all the moms and the dads here who bring your kids to church who bring your kids to children's church who take your kids out and win souls i i just i commend you you guys are awesome You guys are amazing. This is an amazing church. It really is. And you know, it it takes a while to grow a family. It takes 18 years to to raise a child till it's considered an adult. And uh, so it takes a while, but don't be impatient. Don't be weary in well-doing. Keep sowing good seeds. seeds. Keep praying. Keep, Keep loving. If there's been water under the bridge, and maybe you didn't know Jesus, and maybe your kid wasn't raised right, and maybe there's a separation or a heartbreak or things are not right. We can trust God. The Bible says that the Lord can turn it around. Whatever the devil has tried to destroy, that God will restore, amen, what the canker worm and the palmer worm have eaten and destroyed. And so We can believe god for him to restore families to restore children to restore marriages to restore homes so that he can get all the glory through us and through our family and in everything that we do amen hallelujah let me just just pray for you right now father i thank you for every person watching and listening i thank you father that you touch their hearts right now and lord i pray for their families i pray blessing over their families I pray for wisdom. I thank you, Lord, that even as if there's anything that you speak to them about and that you, that you convict them over, I thank you, Father, that they repent. But I thank you, Lord, that you will restore, that you will make a way, that you will bring healing and deliverance in families and relationships. And, Father, we, we say those children will not serve the devil, but they will serve God and they will spend eternity in His presence. And we declare, we decree and declare it over them right now in Jesus' name. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give a call right now in three categories. If there's anybody here that you've never given your life to Jesus, you don't know Him as your personal Lord and Savior, or even anybody watching, and you would like to receive him as Lord and Savior, you can do that today. Jesus says, come to me. I will take your heavy burdens. I will give you my burden, because my burden is light. My yoke is light, and my my burdens are light. I will carry your heavy burdens. I will carry you. Jesus died on the cross. He poured out his blood to wash us clean, for forgiveness, for deliverance, to completely change us. He said, you must be born again. Nicodemus came and asked him, how, how, how can I be saved? And he said, you must be born again. You need a new heart. And the blood of Jesus will come and wash you, wash you clean, wash away every sin, wash away every stain and make you brand new today. It's not about religion. It's not about following a particular church or a particular man, but it's about becoming one of God's children. It's about joining His wonderful family and becoming His child. And so if you're in this place today and that you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be Lord and Savior, I just want you to wave your hands at me right now. If there's anybody in here that you've never asked Jesus in your heart, thank you, thank you. And then if there's people here, maybe you, maybe you did receive Jesus at some point, you accepted Him into your heart, but you've walked away from Him, that life happened and things went wrong in your life, and you walked away for whatever reason, you, you got cold, you went back into the world. Perhaps you were disappointed or angry or, or bitter, or you had unforgiveness, and that took you away from serving the Lord. Perhaps there was a divorce or a bankruptcy or somebody in your family died, you lost somebody close to you, and you were just so disappointed and so hurt that you allowed that to get to your heart and you walked away from God You walked away from serving Him. But today, you say, I want to come back to Him. I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to make right. Perhaps there's things in your heart. Maybe there's pride or lust or greed. Or again, unforgiveness. And you know you need to make right. Perhaps there's things that have happened that other people know about and you're ashamed of them. Perhaps there's things nobody knows about, it's just things in your heart, but you know you need to make right and you need to restore relationship and fellowship with the Lord. He loves you. He loves you passionately. He loves you. He will forgive you. He will wash you clean. He will restore you. It will be as if it had never happened. You can experience that today. Somebody said, can I have that? Can I be forgiven? Can my slate be washed clean? But you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. It only matters what He's done. And His blood is, is full of power. Wonder-working power to heal and deliver and save and set us free from whatever it is. Perhaps you're bound by addictions. Things that you, you can't quit. He will deliver you today if you believe. If you're in this place and you don't know if you're going to make heaven your home. See, because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And if you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you had to put your head on your pillow tonight and not wake up in the morning, would you go to heaven? Can you say with all assurance, I know that I'm going to go to heaven, or perhaps you're not sure. Maybe you even have sat in church and you go to church, but you're not sure. If that's you in this place, if, you don't, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you know you need to come to Him to be restored and made whole again, or if you're not sure, if you fall into any one of those categories, just wave your hand at me wherever you are right now. Just wave your hand. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Just wave those hands right now. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I want you to look at me. If you didn't raise your hand and you want us to pray for you, because we're going to pray for you today. If you did not already raise your hand, I want you to raise it up right now. Your heart is beating really fast. Don't just sit there. Just wave your hand at me. Anywhere in this big pavilion right now. Thank you. Thank you. Right, I want you to stand up. Everybody who raised your hand, stand up. And I want you to come here because we want to pray for you. Come stand right in front of me, right here. somebody with you. You can come up with them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The me. The me. The me. No back. If there's somebody that's still in your chair and you know you need to be up here get up and come the Bible says if if we're ashamed of him he'll be ashamed of us before the father so we don't want to be we don't want him to be ashamed of us listen everybody here loves you and they want to see you blessed they want to see you walking with the Lord and they want to see you free they want to see you whole they want to see you delivered and living a blessed life so if there's anybody else, come now. Come, come, come now. I don't know if there's anybody in the nursery or the mom's room, you come if you need to come. Amen. Those of you that are standing here, let's, can we come in a little bit here? Let's, let's get a little cozier so I can see you all. I just want to tell you that the Lord loves you so much. Each and every one of you is valuable and precious to Him. And today, if you mean business with Him, He means business with you. It's a new day today. So I want you to lift your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And I want you to pray this with me from your heart. And I want, to pray, I want you to pray out loud with your mouth say Father Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Jesus I ask you today to forgive me to wash me clean I ask you to receive me your word says if I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead And I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. And I confess it with my lips, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me on the cross and poured out his blood for me. And I confess with my mouth that he is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you Lord for forgiving me today for washing me clean for setting me free thank you for making me a brand new creation I receive you now and I commit to serve you every day of my life and I'm asking you to help me, to lead me, to guide me. Thank you, Lord, that you set me free from anything that is holding me in bondage, that's stopping me from fully serving you. I give you my life. I give you everything in my life. Today, today is a new day. And I belong to you. Father, you are my father. Thank you for receiving me into your family today. In Jesus' name. Okay, I'm going to pray over you. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's here. I thank you that you love them. I thank you you forgive them. I thank you that you've washed them clean. I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon them. We seal them by your blood and by your spirit. And that when we stand before you on that day, that not one will be missing, but everyone will be there. And I thank you, Lord, for your hand upon them. I break every spirit demonic spirit that's been over their life and in Jesus name any addiction, any bondage I break it off of you in the name of Jesus. Fear, I break fear off of you in Jesus name. I break you free The past is washed away. Today is a new day. Hallelujah. The old, the past is gone. It is washed away by the blood of Jesus. Every sin, every stain, the Bible says he takes it away as far as the east is from the west. It is removed forever. It is blotted out of the book. As far as God is concerned, you stand here, a brand new creation like nothing ever happened, like your past never happened. And from this day forward, I thank you, Father, they serve you with all of their heart. And I thank you that you raise them up to fulfill their plan and their purpose in your great plan and purpose for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you've baptized them in your Holy Spirit and raised them up to be mighty men and women of God. And we give them glory, give you glory and honor. For, for your blessings and for all that you're doing today. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.